0: Uh, Before we do anything else, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for the time that we can spend together. Thank you for uh, who you are and um, for the fact that you love us and that you've brought us all here together, Lord. Um, uh, We just ask that you would speak, Lord, and we're listening. We want to be changed by you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, today is going to be a return back to uh, um, didactic teaching. So, for those of you who like that, God bless you. And those of you who hate that, I'm sorry. No, no, don't, uh, God does not bless you. For <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, obviously, this is not going to, we're not, like, we're mixing it up every now and again. Uh, the reason why we're doing didactic uh, this week is because we're going to be doing, over the next three weeks, uh, our vision um, statement. Yeah. Um, and this is primarily for this year, but also looking for, you know, like who we want to be as a community, as a group, um, and what we want to kind of develop and foster. Um, and, uh, I guess, you know, so yeah, like why some of us here might think that's a bit weird. Why are we talking about vision? We're just a bunch of young adults meeting from week to week and hanging out. Um, well, that's not what we want to be. We don't want to just be haphazardly meeting, um, haphazardly having, you know, good times together. Uh, we want to have good times together, but we don't want it to be haphazard. We want it to be. Uh, we want to be intentional about it. We want to be intentional about why we meet. Uh, we be intentional why we, uh, you know, form relationships and bonds, and be intentional about our own both individual and uh, corporate group um, worship and, and mission. Um, and work together towards a single goal. Because at the end of the day, uh, we want to be a church. I mean, we are a church. You as individuals, as well as when we meet together, uh, we are church. We are members of the body of Christ. And uh, as members of the body, um, we need to... We're all individuals, and we all have individual roles, but there is a unified purpose. Um, And if you think about your body, um, your unified purpose uh, for your body is to keep you alive. The unified purpose for the body of Christ is to make disciples and to, um, to, to bring God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. So that's why we're doing a vision statement. Try to get on the same page. So if you are a person who's sitting here tonight who thinks, hey, this community is my community or I want it to be my community, then this vision uh, will hopefully be something that we all agree on and we all embrace and we all take Uh, going forwards, what up, Um, so um, we're gonna yeah like I said we're gonna do the vision statement or the the, unpack the vision over three weeks Um, but the overall tagline the overall uh, kind of thing you need to remember mainly is connect and engage all right that's the main heading and then under that connect and engage uh, today we'll be talking about the Word of God, uh, and then in the following weeks we're going to be talking about community and serving. Uh, Shadi's feedback to me was coming up with catchy phrase words for each. I, I cannot do that. That is, a shady, <laughs> that is a gift of God to Shadi and not me. Um, so the Word of God is, is this week, community and serving in the next couple of weeks. Um, so why are we starting on the Word of God well, um, because if the Word of God isn't central to everything we do, um, both as individual followers of Jesus, um, as well as, as a church, um, then we're doomed to fail. We're doomed to suffer um, and doomed to struggle um, in our walk. So, uh, connect and engage, remember? So, how do you connect with the Word of God? Is that even the right question to be asking? I'm glad you're all not answering because this is supposed to be didactic. So well done. (laughs) Well done. (laughs) Open up your Bibles to John chapter 1. Okay, so John chapter 1. So I just want you to remember one thing before we read this. This is supposed to be a biography of Jesus. This is how it starts. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And then we skip forward to verse 14. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the Father, full of grace and truth. It's a bit of a weird way to start a biography. It's a poem. Uh, Can anyone catch what John is doing here? He, can can you think of any other part in the Bible that starts with, in the beginning? Right, the very first page, right? Okay. So he's starting off calling back to Genesis one, calling back to creation, and he's saying, Hey, you know what? This story actually starts in the beginning. And this story starts about this guy who we're gonna unpack and explore and discover together. He was there in the beginning. And he was the word of God. And what, what, what was the word of God at the beginning? It was God's actual word saying let there be light right and let the you know darkness be separate from light he created light and let there be you know the waters recede this way and land appeared and let there be fish in the sea and all of these you know that's the word of God and John here is saying hey this story is about the Word of God and he was there at the beginning and as soon as God uttered those words And, by the way, um, when you read Genesis 1 and it says, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, um, that, the the word for spirit means, uh, it also means breath. It's the same word for breath and spirit. And so the breath of God, the Word of God, the thing that comes out from, is over creation and begins the creative work, right? And John's claim is, from the beginning, Jesus was there. From the beginning... Jesus was the Word, was this creative life force emanating from God. He was God, but he was also distinct from God. And you sit there and he's cramming it all in like three sentences. And it's a universe in like three sentences. And, uh, you know, it breaks your brain when you really try to think about it and and look into it and, and try to understand it. But it's also this beautiful image of, uh, of the nature of who John is claiming Jesus is, but also um, of the fact that of, of who God is himself and the complex identity of God. So we're talking about the Word of God today, and the number one thing to remember is that the Word of God is not just a bunch of words on a page. The Word of God is person. Jesus was the culmination, the fulfillment, the embodiment of the Word of God. The Word of God from the beginning that created everything. The Word of God that was uttered to His people throughout the generations and the millennia. And the Word of God that uh, then became flesh and stood in front of us and lived uh, a life that was amazing and beautiful and then died on the cross and was resurrected on the third day. That is the Word of God. It is distinct from God. It's an expression of God, but it is God as well. And you've got you to... Gotta, you got to sit with that, and and the Bible tells you that's reality. And so, when we talk about how we connect with the Word of God, firstly of all, it's not just how you connect with God and the Word of God. It's about how God is wanting to connect with you. So, when you open up your Bible, you recognise that it is a living word. It is a it is a, an, it, is a rep, it is a representation, an emanation of the creator God, embodied in Jesus, it's on your lap. It's in front of you. It's living. It's not just words on a page. And so when you go to open up that book, that, that thought, that conscious thought, should change how you then go about reading it and engaging with it and thinking about it and digesting what it has to say and applying it in your life, right? You with me? So connecting with the Word of God is, is not just about how you engage with it, but it's also how God is wanting to connect with you. Um, uh, let's have a look at Hebrews uh, chapter 4. And we're going to go to verse 12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. Again, the word of God is living. It's alive. It's an extension of God. um, And it, it emanates from him to us. And so because it's alive, it reads you back as you read it. As you read it, it's going and looking at you and saying, hmm, let me dig right down into you. What's inside you? What's inside your heart? What's inside your mind? What's inside your soul and your spirit? And it talks to you. I don't know if you've had this experience, but when you read the Bible, do you feel convicted? Are there things that you read in it that you realize, man, that's me. Man, I see myself in this. Man, God, you, I needed to hear that from you right now it's because it's alive, it's reading you, and he's, he's talking back to you when you read it. And I know that sounds schizophrenic. I know that sounds a bit loopy. But this is the claim of Scripture. This is the claim of God, that this book uh, is not just a book. And not only that, but when you, you engage with it, right, just like any good relationship, yeah, just like any good relationship between your mom and I, Esther, when you have a backwards and forwards, uh, and all of a sudden Sarah reveals to me some horrible habit that I have, it would be horrible, it would be despicable if I did not turn around and make a change. Right? So, this relationship and this dynamic and the way that you connect with God um, through His Word is supposed to uh, change you, it's supposed to uh, reveal what's going on, and then you're supposed to. Act out of that, right? And uh, that's why uh, Paul will tell Timothy, the Word of God is, um, and I'm going to I'm going to paraphrase it, but the Word of God is useful for instructing, teaching, rebuking, correcting, and instructing in all righteousness, right? It is something that as it as it reveals to you who you are and who God is, um, you you can use it to transform, or that God can use it to transform your life um, if you allow Him to. If you submit to him. So, connect. So the question is, are you connecting with the word of God? When you open up the the book, whether it be physical copy or digital copy or whatever, um, do you you realize what you're doing? Do you realize that this is an, an emanation from God? This is just like when he spoke in the very beginning. This is like that in your hands. Do you recognize that the fulfillment of the Word of God is fully in Jesus? And so do you, do you see Jesus as you read the Bible? Do you look for Jesus as you read the Bible, um, knowing that he is actually the embodiment of the Word? And when God does reveal things to you, do you recognize that he is actually talking back? And number two, uh, are you, what are you doing about it? How are you responding to him? Yeah. So how are we connecting with the Word of God? And we all need to connect with the Word of God. If you do not, uh, you are a tree that is in a very dry, barren desert, um, and, and we will explore that metaphor in more detail in a sec. Okay, so that's connect Now, if I were to leave uh, this talk here, that that's very beautiful and very nice, but like, probably like, well, what the heck do I do then? Like how? And, I, like when I open up my Bible, it's a bunch of words that I never use, and what what does holy even mean? And uh, and all these stories and all these laws in the Old Testament. Then all of a sudden, Paul's talking about uh, you know women being quiet, and like I don't I don't get any of this. And wh- how does this apply to me? And and so it, it like you know, if I ended it here, it would just be me saying you're you're drowning. Good luck. Uh, no, we're going we're gonna to throw a life rope in there. We're going to talk about how to actually uh, engage with the Word of God. Yeah? So how do we engage with the Word of God? It would be interesting, though, to hear some uh, tips, tricks, um, very practical. I'm not asking for Bible verses. Very practically, how do you engage with the Word of God? How do you actually read it so that you can understand it? time and bring it to God and help him make sense to you and even you know if it doesn't make sense to you look for things that will help you um help him make sense to you yeah. Respect. Being intentional I think is super super important. And I feel yes for a lot of people it is just like chore, tick, done, I did my day-to-day devotion and I'm a good I'm a good boy or girl and God's happy with me and let's move on. Yeah. So I agree. And we'll talk about that. Any, any other advice to your fellow brother-slash-sister?
1: Study it with people. I like that one. We'll talk about that too. Read <laughs> <laughs> it and actually try to understand. It's not, I feel like a lot of the time, especially you know, when we're younger, we you read the Bible and say, what is God trying to tell me? And that's great and that's well, but it shouldn't stop there. Um, yes, it's what is God trying to tell me. But what is the author also trying to tell me? What is the context of what I'm reading? What's the historical length of what's going on? There are many questions than just receiving, um, I guess, spiritual life lessons. Yeah. It's about learning the history of it and learning. A lot of different things. It's a, it's a big part of you want to go
0: down. 100%. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of us take that for granted. Like one thing that we have to remember is although it is God's eternal word to mankind, it's still a text that was written at least 2,000 years ago by people in very different contexts and, and circumstances to us right now uh, with very different life experiences, uh, and the world is a very different place. So you have to have humility when you... Sit. I mean, look, even when you were reading Shakespeare in high school, you had to... S- have the patience and the time to try to understand why they were talking funny. And not only that, but when they talked about thumbing their nose or biting their thumb or whatever, you had to understand what the heck that was talking about. And so context, some people think that hearing the word context is a dirty word when it comes to the Bible. How dare you? The Bible's timeless, it's eternal. No. Well, yes, but, but, but context actually adds to its timeless and eternal quality, rather than detracts from it. So, uh, so yeah, 100%. So, look, a little disclaimer. I feel like a lot of people, uh, when we talk about uh, studying the Word, or reading the Word, or being in the Word, we tend to refer to, I heard a really great sermon, I heard a really great podcast, I and I, me too, I love the Bible Project. It's, uh, it's an addiction slash, um, like, aid for me. But, but here's the thing. That is only a picture. That is only a regurgitated sample of what the real thing is. And uh, the, the picture can be helpful. The regurgitated sample might be easier to digest for you at the time, and you might need it. But bottom line is, you need the real thing. You cannot go just to the copy. You have to go to the source. And uh, that, that's challenging and it should be challenging because um, that's the point. You are supposed to be challenged in your walk with Christ and, uh, and the only way to really be challenged is by hearing from him directly and letting your, uh, yourself with the Holy Spirit as you sit down, as you read his word um, for, for you to actually exercise the muscle of listening um, and then acting and it can never be what someone else tells you although again that can be helpful it has to be what you hear directly from God because after all it is your relationship with him not someone else's relationship with him Um, and so yeah take it for what that is so um, how do we engage with God's word how do we actually do it well the first point is exactly what Lydia said which is give God time and space to speak like actually give him the time and the space um, if you are going to rush him, if you're going to cram him in uh, 15 minutes uh, before you go to sleep, or as you're already feeling yourself zonking out, um, or, or 15 minutes first thing in the morning because you've got to go get breakfast and whatever, well, you're not really going to allow him to tell you what he wants to tell you, you're not going to really allow yourself to listen to what he might say, and you're not going to allow yourself the re- appropriate amount of time to respond either. Now. One of the number one cited reasons that people say they don't read the Bible regularly is because they're busy. Let's read a story about that. Uh, Luke chapter 10, verses 39 to 42. Jesus visits Mary and Martha. Uh, So he visited them. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. She went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve all alone? Tell her then to help me. Because I'm a good, I'm a good woman. I'm a good person. I'm here trying to make you comfortable. I'm here trying to make sure that everything is in order. I'm here making sure life is, is good for us and for you. And I've got everything all sorted together. She should carry her load as well. She should you know, buck up and and get her life in order and and help you out too and serve and all this kind of stuff. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. Jesus' point here is that uh, you don't need to stress. There is always time. You are anxious and worried about many things. There is always time, Martha, always time. You don't need to do this right now. Mary chose something better. Come, join her, and you will get something that no one can take away from you. Busyness is not an excuse. Sorry, it's not an excuse. Uh, I am more busy now in my life than I ever have been. Um, And every time you look back and you think about the last time you, you thought you were busy, you realize that life only gets busier. Really, it's, it's very true. And you can test my words if you listen to this podcast 10 years from now uh, and, and, and you'll know I am absolutely 100% correct. Life will only get busier. You have to create time. You have to. You have to. And God has to be a priority. The, the time that you spend engaging with the Word of God has to be a priority. So how do you do that? Any advice, any tips, tricks from anyone, uh, what you guys do?
1: Sacrifice. Like, at, at, at the end of the day, like you can have you know things that you desire, and, you know events that you want to go to, things that you want to go to, but if that is taking you away from the time that you're supposed to have with God, it's not worth it. And at the end of the day, like... In the grand scheme of things, what's more important? My relationship with Christ, my eternity, my making disciples of all nations. All these things aren't going to happen just by hearing a the sermon. These things are going to happen in my bedroom. I'm spending time with God. Um, therefore, at least personally, that's what it was for me. Like, a, a lot of sacrifice from that end so I can make Him my priority above
0: everything. 100%. So the sacrifice might look like waking up an hour earlier every morning. It might look like, uh, you know, if, um, uh, I don't know, it might look like instead of lunch times being uh, an hour where you're, I don't know, just... I don't know what you do during lunch. I don't take lunchtime, so I don't. it's a foreign concept to me. But, uh, but whatever whatever lunchtime looks like to you, it might be just literally, okay, that's my time. Like if there is absolutely no other time, which I'm sure you can carve it out, but if that's the time. If it's going to be, uh, you know, you need to, uh, you, do ex- you do something else that's a routine, um, prioritise God in that context of the routine. Uh, Lots of us spend lots of time on our phone. If you go into your phone's screen uh, Assessment section like how long you spend on your phone and all this kind of stuff uh, I have recently at the prompting of my lovely wife who is godly um, and helps me in everything um, It is shocking and if you can take that away You have hours. You have at least an hour a day Um, so uh, um, yeah so I think you do need to make sacrifice you do need to, to, to be honest you need to say uh, before God um, and, and sit down honestly with yourself and say well what can I give up by the way I forgot to say this might be a good thing to take notes of so like these dot points on how to engage if you want to take notes The first point is give give God space and time to speak. If you want to take notes, I'm not going to judge if you don't take (laughs) notes, but I'm just saying it might be a good thing to take notes. Okay. So, uh, point number two, um, uh, how we engage with God's word is point number two is look for Him and not what you want or expect or think you need. Okay. Seems very obvious, but we do it all the time. When we open up the Bible. It's usually all right God I'm really struggling with this please help me talk to me I need to hear from you And that's not it's not a bad prayer it's not a bad prayer but uh, another another thing is okay God you know uh, I just uh, you know I'm really I'm really wanting to to hear some bit of encouragement I need a bit of encouragement or I really need some uh, wisdom about this decision that I've got going on so I'm gonna read your your word so uh, you know give me the wisdom that I need kind of thing no Take away, take away your expectation. Take away what you want, what you think you need. Let God say what He wants to say. Empty your mind. We're going to read um, uh, something about this, Psalm chapter 63. Um, bef- so open it up. Before we read the psalm, it should have a subheading above the psalm. Can someone read me the subheading? Psalm 63. What's the
1: subheading?
0: Yes, that's the one. A Psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. So this Psalm was written by David before he was king, when he is out in the wilderness of Judah being hunted by Saul, uh, like a dog, um, and a wild animal, and Saul wants to kill him. So David is camping out in the wilderness, in the desert, and, um, and he's, he's on the run, okay? This is what he says. O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory, because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night, for you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you; your right hand upholds me. So David, in the middle, David in the middle.
1: <laughs> Sorry, that's alright. You alright, to He wants to the showing down bottom?
0: Sounds like your mom. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. So, David in the middle of the wilderness, uh, he's probably low on supplies, food, and water. He's, you know, his life is at risk. He's in danger. Uh, The thing that comes out of him in that moment is God, I only need you. God, I only want you. God, I'm in the middle of this desert. And the one thing I can think of that I crave and desire is you. You're you're better than water. You're better than life itself. You should have that attitude when you open up the Word of God. It's not about what you need. It's not about the water that you need to find in your wilderness. It's not about the advice you need about how to tackle the, the enemies that you've got surrounding you or the difficult circumstance you're in. It's about wanting God. It's about thirsting, desiring for Him more than anything else. That is something, personally, I do not do when I open up my Bible. And that is something that is very, very... Uh, like, we have to be intentional about doing that when we open up our Bibles. So that's point number two. Point number three. Meditate and study. Okay. Let's read uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6. So, uh, when I am busy, and do as I say, not as I do, when I am busy, uh, I will whip out the Bible out, and I'll read the verse of the day. I'm like, that's very nice. And then put it back in my pocket. Um, this is what Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 to 9 says. And these words that I command you today i.e. the Torah, the the law of God, the, the books of Moses, shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. The word of God is meant to be something that is dwelt in, that is all around you that is permeating every aspect of your life your house Uh, it's on you it's in you it's it's in front of your eyes it's on your mind it's on your lips it's something that is constantly uh, uh, coming out of your mouth with your family with your friends with your loved ones it's something that is supposed to be constantly in your thoughts and in your heart quick fact there is no hebrew word for mind The the Hebrew word for mind or or the way that a lot of English translations will translate the word mind uh, from Hebrew is uh, is the word heart. The Hebrew word heart. So heart, mind, same thing as far as the Hebrew uh, authors of the Bible um, are concerned. So when you uh, are reading the word of God, when you are, uh, you know, you know, you know, grabbing it and, and putting it in your head, it's supposed to dwell in you, dwell in your heart and your mind, and it's supposed to be pouring out of you because it's the thing that you constantly digest and constantly um, uh, kind of, you know, meditate on. And, and we'll talk about uh, that as well. I've got a, got a verse for that too. Um, but uh, so, so the idea here is that when, when we think about money, uh, meditate or, or study the Bible, we tend to think, all right, I'm going to grab my highlighter out. I'm going to underline uh this this verse that i thought was really nice i might underline this uh, you know i might be doing a study in um in eyes you know every time the eyes comes up in the bible I'll highlight it with a green highlighter and so then later on people do this you're giving me weird looks people do this all right um and then i'll uh and then i'll pull or i'll do a concordance search um and by the way these are not bad things i'm not making fun of like i have done these things myself um but uh but yeah like this is what we think of when we hear the word study, right? Or we think about the word meditate. Uh, what, what it's actually supposed to, to be, the word meditate, uh, like it's a, when we hear that word, it should actually make us think, and, and the Hebrew word actually makes you think of digest. Digest. And if you think about, you're not supposed to be a, uh, a, a, a worm where it goes straight through you. You're supposed to be a cow. You got like six stomachs, and you, and you chew and you chew and you chew and you chew and you chew, and then when you're done chewing after a long time, then it goes to your first stomach, and it goes and it goes and it goes and it goes, and, it goes. and when that's done, it goes to the next stomach, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right? You get every bit out of it. You're trying to absorb everything that that's there, yeah, and uh, that's the point here. Um, The point here is that the Word of God is supposed to be something that is constantly in front of us, constantly on our mind, constantly on our heart, constantly something we're reflecting on, constantly something we're thinking about. So guess what? It means you're going to read it a lot, and you're going to read the same thing a lot. And it also means that when you read it, you should be thinking about it as you read it. It shouldn't be, I read one sentence, I have no idea what I just read, let's move on. It should be, I am like what the heck was that and why was this here just the other day sarah and i were going through the bible together and we're in mark at the moment and uh um uh, uh when jesus is uh being um arrested um and judas kisses him and all this kind of stuff and all the disciples flee there's this weird line that i never noticed before of a guy, a follower of Jesus, who's naked except for this linen uh, thing. And he bolts and someone takes his and he's naked and he's running off. And it's just the line there. there uh, there's no follow up, that's it. And so guess what we did? We talked about it, we read it again. We're like, what the heck is this? And then we looked up commentaries and we read other things about it. And that's what you're supposed to do. You're sub- These things are supposed to catch your attention. When, when God holds you up and says, hey, here's something out of left field, Pursue it. See where it takes you. See what God might want to say out of it. Don't just be happy with not understanding. Try to understand. Meditate on it. Think about it. What's the point here? And uh, as we do that, we internalize it. Yeah? As we think about it, as we, you know, it becomes a part of us. It becomes in front of frontlets in our eyes. It becomes imprinted on our hearts. It becomes bound on us. It becomes the thing that we naturally kind of speak from uh, because it's in us um, and so meditate and study the word don't just read it don't just d- don't be a tapeworm or a worm or whatever be a cow chew and chew and chew and chew digest 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 and take every little thing you can out of it um, and it will always surprise you and the more you think you know the, the less you know and the more you know the less you realize you know and the more beautiful it becomes so yeah okay so that's that point. Next point. Do what he says. Obey. Yeah? So a lot of us, when we read our Bible, again, it becomes a very um, you know, very nice, lovely words. Uh, this poem really touched me in, in the psalm. Uh, that, that weird naked guy, um, I got the point now. I read two commentaries. I kind of am sitting with, with like my own understanding of that or why I think Mark put that there. It's really great. And then that's it. No. Again, it's alive. It's communicating with you. God is, it's a relationship. God's wanting to do something in you through his word. So, obey. Obey. What, the first question out of your lips when you read the Bible should be, what does this say about God? What does this reveal about him? Where is Jesus in what I read? The very next thing that should come out of your lips when you read the Bible is, what do I need to do, God? What do I need to do? Even if it's in Leviticus and you're reading about how bold men are, are righteous or whatever, um, and that's a thing, um, <laughs> what, what am I supposed to do from this God? How do I respond to you out of this? And there will be times that are very blatantly obvious and easy to answer that. And there will be times where it's actually quite difficult. And out of just some faith and surrender, you just have to go with whatever you're convicted with in the time. And God may highlight something else down the line, but you just got to respond. you just got to be having that reflexive uh, obedience imprinted into your heart. That before you even read what he wants to say to you, your immediate response is yes. So that as soon as you hear it, it's a yes. It's a yes. And the more that happens, the more you hear what God wants to say to you. The more you hear what uh, path he wants you to take. Um, let's have a look at a passage. Uh, James chapter 1, verse 21 to 25. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, I was going to pause there. So um, to ab- absorb, imbibe, meditate, chew on, digest the Word of God, other things have to be removed, right? Uh, the more you want to be in the Word and, and uh, to receive from the Word what God wants to say to you, you have to remove all the other crap. Yeah? It has to be... Uh, it, You know, we we do this in like this is a real thing. We inhale oxygen, which we need to live. We exhale carbon dioxide, which will poison us if we have too much of it. To take the breath in, you need to breathe out. Yeah. So that's one thing. And also, when he says implanted word, it's not that uh, although the spirit is implanted in you when you are a, a believer, he is your seal. He is the seal of your salvation. But... Uh, The implanted word is something that you take time to cultivate. It is not something that just automatically implants in you. Deuteronomy 6 (coughs) just revealed to us. It has to be something that we constantly meditate on and put in front of us and all around us and all that kind of stuff. So, therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness, with humility, the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, (coughs) deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he, was, what he looked like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Yeah? So as you get out the rubbish and you absorb the, the, the word of God and it implants in your heart... There should be a an instinctive and and not instinctive, sorry, a uh, discipline to respond, to do, obey, to follow through, um, because the word of God is a mirror, and so look at yourself, see what God is showing you about yourself, take the appropriate action to correct yourself, and then as you do that, then you become a true follower of Jesus. As you do that, you start to see the fruits of the things that he wants to bring in you. And as you do that, you start to see your life transform. And the word of God is doing its work in you. Yeah? So, that's not very complex, right? Okay. Next point. And this is the last point. Okay. So, shall I recap what we've done so far? Okay. So, for those of you who are taking notes, give God space and time. Number two, look for him and not what you want or expect or you think you need. Number three.
1: Okay. Really? Oh, really?
0: Oh, sorry. Okay. So give God space and time. Look for him and not what you want or expect or you think you need. Meditate and study. Do what he says. Obey the word. Last point. Ready? Ready?
1: <laughs>
0: this will be uploaded to our podcast a little plug, so last point is: and repeat. And repeat. Go to, go to step number one. <laughs> uh, but if we want to elaborate on that, create a habit. Uh, immerse yourself. Create a habit. OK? Uh, Paul says to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13 to 16, until I come. And so context, Paul here is writing his, this letter to Timothy, who is one of his, uh, his uh, children in the faith. Paul is his spiritual father. And he has been mentoring Timothy. Timothy is an upstanding young man who's a follower of Jesus. And Paul is commissioning him to go to, I believe it's Corinth. Don't quote me, but I believe it's the church in Corinth. And he's saying to him, so he's writing this letter as an instruction. Like, here's what I think you should do. Here's how to prepare yourself. Here's what to expect and different challenges you might face and all this kind of stuff. And so this is uh, near the end of that uh, letter. He says, until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture. In other words, devote yourself to reading The word of God Uh, to exhortation to teaching. Don't neglect the gift you have, which was given you by, pardon me, by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them, so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so you will save both yourself and your hearers. This is not just a thing that we do uh, every so often. This is not just a thing where I have a great Bible study once a week or I come to a meeting once a week and we really get in it fantastically and then that's it. This isn't just something I do for a few months in a row before I peace out and decide to, you know, uh, go on my wild whatever thing that I want to do. And then, you know, when I go on holidays, I'm taking a break and, and then I'm coming back to it. No, this is a pattern of life. This pattern is uh, something you are supposed to be immersed in. This is something that is supposed to surround you from all sides. This This is what my life revolves around. Sounds extreme, no? There is very little in our lives that we would actually be willing to center our life on. Right now, the number one thing I center my life on is my daughter. And that's because if I don't, she'll probably die or maybe be screwed up in the future. So, but we're supposed to put the Bible in, and the Word of God and our devotion to God and His Word and what He's saying to us in that preeminent place, in that central place. It is supposed to be the thing that... Surrounds us and surrounds every motivation and everything that we do and every desire and every action and everything. And it's not just for our benefit, it's so that through us, God can then use us. Uh, as he says at the end, it will save both yourself and your hearers. So, do we engage with the word of God like that? Do you, and now I've got to look at my notes, do you give God space and time? Do you look for him and not what you want or what you think you need? Do you meditate and study the word? Do you obey what you hear? And then do you repeat it over and over again? Do you allow yourself to be immersed in that practice, in that um, uh, cycle and that habit? Um, So we should always challenge each other. Right. This should not just be a time where we sit down together and share these great thoughts and ideas and then uh, go away. We should challenge each other. And whenever we hear the word of God, like we said, we should obey it and and try to kind of follow through as much as possible. So the challenge to every single person in this room, you've taken your notes, you'll listen to this podcast if you haven't. And um, the challenge is um, set aside an hour a day to read your Bible. An hour a day to read your Bible pick a time it's up to you whatever time you want you could do it individually or if there's a you know a sibling a family member a close friend that you, you can regularly talk to on the phone every single day um, uh, or to summarize what you read at the end of the week but do it every day read your own Bible every day hour a day at least um, and follow these steps Add your own steps in there, subtract, switch out, whatever you want to do, but at least use these steps as a guide, Um, and uh, um, uh, yeah, see where that takes you. Do it for at least one month. Uh, Lots of studies have shown that if you do something for about a month, it's ingrained, it becomes a bit of a habit, so do it for a month. Uh, Let it it start to become weird if you don't do it, essentially. And then as you do it, um, when you have a question, when you find a question, um, look at it and look up the answer. Go on Google, like, honestly, go up on Google, write down the passage um, or write down the question you have. Someone's probably written like a blog post or a commentary or something about it. Most of them are for free. Check it out. See what they say. There are a bunch of online free commentaries that you can check out if you're ever curious. And they're very easily accessible. On your Bible app... You highlight a verse that you don't understand. Uh, it will give you options to correlate with other passages and to see, like, if this thing is repeated elsewhere in scripture and all that kind of stuff. Look it up, check it out. Don't let it go past you. Look at it. Like, actually, ask the question. Follow up. Find the answer. You can even uh, we got the the WhatsApp group. You can post your question on the WhatsApp group. I I love answering questions uh i know many i know many people love answer and uh or ask someone else in this room or someone else that you trust um uh these questions and then respond uh again you know what does this reveal about god what's this saying about jesus where is jesus in this passage and then what do you want me to do how do you want me to respond and say yes to whatever he says to you um, and share, like, share it with others. Share it with your family members, again, anyone in this group, all that kind of stuff, um, and watch and see how it transforms you. Watch and see how God starts to use his word, the living uh, the living sword um, the, that was embodied in the life of Jesus. Um, watch how he uses it to change you and it uses it to bless others through you. Um, One last verse to end off with. and That's Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, or, or the word of the Lord. And on his law, on his word, he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. So be that living tree that is enduring, um, not because of your own efforts, but because you are rooted by the stream of living water that is God's word, and let him change you and transform you. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much that you're alive. We thank you so much that um, we have so much of you to um, uh, meditate on and think about and reflect on and to love about you and to, um, to challenge us and to um, incite wonder in us, Lord. We pray, Lord, that we would allow your word to do its activity, Lord. We would allow you to uh, connect with us the way you want to connect with us. Lord, we pray that we would engage with your word appropriately, that we would engage with it with humility, that we would engage with it regularly, um, and Lord, that we, would, uh, um, that we would obey what you have to say and allow you to transform and change us, Lord. Uh, help us and help us to become people
1: um, who follow you in every aspect of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.